When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Back at it again on a Tuesday afternoon. Yesterday when I recorded the pod, the news hadn't broke. The Jets had signed Dalvin Cook, and the Patriots had signed Zeke. So we will touch on that. Today, the Colts named Anthony Richardson their starting quarterback. And Schefter tweeted out, obviously, Young's already been named in Indy, and then the Houston has not, but it's trending. Obviously, he's going to be the starting quarterback, so we will react to the three teams' name and their starting quarterbacks. Essentially, rookies love it. Uh, Give some thoughts on that, why experience is so invaluable for these young players. And then, like always, a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff, at John Middlecoff, it's just my Instagram. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram, fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. They're coming in fast and furious, so when I miss you, I'm not doing it maliciously. I I am attempting to get a lot of you guys in, but it it can be... uh, I I try as hard as I can. There's no way to basically, you know, separate into like a a separate area for the unread. They all kind of get botched together. It's, It's complicated for those of you that don't get a million DMs from dudes asking about football. But it's a good thing. It's just I, there's I'm gonna miss some. It's impossible not to. It's it's hard to quite explain how I can't quite keep it in sequence. It's not like a text message or something. Uh, and other than that, thevolume.com, thevolume.com. Go check out our, our three and out hats. I got a flex fit hat on right now. We got some trucker hats as well as uh, make sure you subscribe if you listen through Colin. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, three and out separately. I appreciate everyone that has. Other than that, I think we're going to do a podcast today. I'll do a podcast tomorrow, and then I think I'm going on with Coward for Friday. So that that's the that is the game plan right now. Hell, I might just do a big mailbag as well for Friday. That's an easy one. Uh, plus, I can you know to bang out some of your guys' questions because I don't want to feel anyone getting left out here. But a lot of football talk, so let's dive in. But first, have you downloaded my favorite app in America? They just happen to be the official ticketing app of this podcast a ticketing app that I have used over and over and over again to go to sporting events, to go to concerts. I swear by game time. Download it right now. And when you first sign up for tickets, use the promo code John. That's promo code J-O-H-N and get $20 off. It's very easy to use. It has interactive maps, any event, football games this fall, college football games this fall, playoff baseball. Can't recommend that enough. I've been to countless playoff baseball games and it's awesome every single time. So if you have the opportunity to go, do it on me. Promo code John. Obviously, concerts, comedy shows, you name it. They got you covered. Game time. Promo code John. Let's start with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, they signed Dalvin Cook. But first, I actually saw a headline earlier today that I guy like Rodgers, there's nothing you could tell me at practice in terms of like his numbers or plays that I would give a sh- I, I I couldn't even remotely care. Like if he threw 10 straight interceptions or threw 50 straight touchdowns, there's nothing you could tell me that would pique my interest. 
But there was something that he had a bad practice, but like early on in practice, he reached for his calf. If you remember in OTAs, he had a little calf injury. I was with that guy in the cold tub, and we were just we're just going to week one. Clearly, he's not playing in any of these preseason games. We ain't risking anything. And I mean anything if this guy is not 100% healthy come week one. So I would imagine the extreme caution, even if nothing happened, those are the type of things that we're not messing around. Maybe get like you practice one day, off day the next day. Like, let's ease into this bad boy because we need you. Bills, Monday Night Football doesn't get any bigger. Can't wait. I mean, that's that's an awesome game. I mean, it doesn't get any better. We need Rodgers 100%, just like the Bills. We need Josh Allen 100%. That's a marquee matchup. But they signed Dalvin Cook, and I think there are two elements of this. First and foremost, most teams have questionable offensive lines. I say it all the time with corners. Like, if you have one good corner, you're ahead of the game. It's like, well, who's their second and third corner? I don't know. Probably average to random dudes. I guess most teams. Darrell Revis and Deion Sanders ain't running out for like seven different backfields in the NFL. Those days are done. Legion of Boom, over. Like, it's pretty impressive the two corners the Eagles have. Most teams have one credible corner and then a lot of other question marks or young players, right? Same with offensive lines. It's not normal to have two good tackles, right? The Eagles are also outliers there. They have two when healthy, high-end. Obviously, Lane Johnson's a Hall of Famer. And my, my rugby player, really good, Mulata, right? The 49ers have one Hall of Famer and then McKivitz at the other side, right? And before they had McGlinchey, who somehow got 50 plus million dollars, who I, I'm sorry, is just, I view as pretty average. Now, you might, relative to the rest of the league, maybe he's a little better. I could never pay him that. But regardless, like most teams have question marks. He was the fifth best offensive lineman on that team. And so when the, the one thing Aaron Rodgers has clearly been used to is a good offensive line for a long time. People that could protect them. And even if you're playing with Tony Baselli, Larry Allen, and Jim Otto, you're going to get pressured sometimes, especially in modern-day NFL, with a million sweet defensive linemen. But there are clearly better offensive lines than others. But the easiest way to take pressure off questionable, older, average offensive linemen is running the ball. Because most average offensive linemen can at least function in the run game, right? So clearly the Jets have some question marks at left and right tackle. Well, the easiest way to just ease into not just the season, but make it easier on them is to run the ball, right? We saw it early on when Sean McVay got to the Rams. We've seen it in Kyle Shanahan's career. We saw it with LaFleur when he got to the Green Bay Packers. And that was to help Rodgers. He ran the ball, right? Because listen, Becton, who ends, ever ends up playing right tackle, probably is not going to be great. And you're going to end up, it's unavoidable, I say it all the time, you're going to end up in third and eight. Like, that's unavoidable. But if more often than not, you can be in third and four, third and two, it makes it easier on everyone. So when you have Brees Hall coming off a major injury, but when healthy, clearly, and I think I read today, he's coming back to practice, and Dalvin Cook, who probably is trending down, but is still a very, very solid player, it makes it easier on that group. Right. Like not everything. Most places don't have like elite service and great food. Right. It's like you can get away with having pretty average service if your food's elite. Right. It's you don't have to be a great salesman if you're at the Mercedes dealership. Most people are not super complete. It's honestly what makes like the Eagles offense pretty unique right now. They're loaded at most positions. Most teams have flaws. When the 49ers made the Super Bowl in 19, they had Richard Sherman and then just major question marks everywhere else in, in terms of the other corner positions. So it's like, I never freak out that much when you have a major hole somewhere. Like, welcome to the NFL. This isn't like the 92 Cowboys or the 94 49ers. Most teams don't have like 11 pro bowlers. So you're going to have average players at certain positions. Now, the pushback is if it's at both tackle positions, that's pretty concerning. And I tend to agree. But when you run the ball, I don't care who's a tackle. You're going to be effective if you got sweet backs. And two, when you got Aaron Rodgers, like he could manipulate average offensive line play because he can get rid of the ball fast. Might want to Google some of the guys that blocked for Tom Brady over 20 years. It wasn't all Logan Mankins. Might want to Google some of the guys that blocked for Peyton Manning in his heyday in Indianapolis. It, it wasn't all sweet Pro Bowl guys. A lot of players, I promise, you've never heard of unless you were a Colts fan. So you can avoid 
question marks at certain positions if you do complementary things well to avoid their weaknesses. Now, obviously, you can't run the ball 40 times a game, but if you get Dalvin Cook, who should be very, very motivated, and Brees Hall, just a young player assuming health, like they should have a pretty dominant run game. So I, I, I do think that they can avoid some of the question marks by just trying to be a top five rushing team in the NFL. Like that should be their goal. And I would imagine for their head coach, what did he see firsthand? He's been around Pete Carroll with Marshawn Lynch. He's been around Kyle Shanahan, Super Bowl team. Like, run the ball. It works. And two, this is why the Aaron Rodgers marriage makes a lot of sense with the Jets. They have an owner who's really rich, who's also really desperate. His team has been a joke. They have the longest running playoff drought streak in all of pro sports, not just the NFL, in all of pro sports. Yet they play in a market that is massive and they have a lot of fans, right? This isn't some random middle-tier brand. This is a big brand just strictly because of their the, the size and the quantity of their fan base. So when Rodgers took that pay cut, I don't even think, looking back, it was ever strictly about, I need this guy, I need that guy, why he butted heads with Gudikins. It just feels like they probably never listened to him. And he thought like any input he had or any idea he had was never heard. Like, do I think that Aaron Rodgers thinks Dalvin Cook is Walter Payton in his prime reincarnated? No. He understands he's an older player who, you know, is not what he once was. But can he help his, this team? 100%. And a lot of times over the years, and Packer fans can attest to this, it wasn't always like, you know, they didn't land J.J. Watt or whoever. Sometimes they didn't have the money. But it was like, it felt like they never even tried for the next tier guy. It felt like they never, like, God, couldn't you have traded a second-round pick for that guy? And it just felt like they never were aggressive. And I think one thing that he believed the moment he met this owner back at his pad at Malibu, and then as they've talked through it, and then once they signed pen to paper on deals like this, like, these guys aren't bullshitting. These guys are in this to close. Now, that doesn't mean they're, hell, they're no lock to make the playoffs. They're definitely no lock to make playoff runs. But he knows the front office is really trying. He knows they're backing it up. I say this all the time. Words mean very little to me. They, they really do. I, I, I judge people by actions. Words actually mean nothing to me. And especially people in business, right? Anyone listening to this, like, unless you got contracts, unless you got so signatures, a lot of words don't go anywhere. A lot of deals get said over the phone that never materialize. And once that happens over and over and over, you know, it, it kind of makes you question stuff. And I'm not saying Rodgers, I supported the Packers because they're a well-run organization, but they had a philosophy and they didn't really budge off it. And it worked, but like they couldn't quite get over the pump. And I, I think he's seeing immediately, you know, th these guys are not bullshit. Uh, no guarantees, right? Any of this stuff is going to result in 10 touchdowns for Dalvin Cook. But I, I think that's, you know, all he wanted was to be heard, and clearly he's being hurt. I've seen a lot of people completely shit on Bill Belichick for signing Ezekiel Elliott. And listen, you, you don't treat uh, teach an old dog new tricks. Anyone thought that Bill was going to change his ways completely was out of their mind. Right. He kind of did it a couple years ago when he signed all those guys. And beside Judon, I think he'd like uh, to have a redo on a lot of them. Right. His true colors are typically like, I'm not paying you that. Adios. Oh, JC Jackson, you want what? See you later, buddy. Godspeed. Good luck. But one thing I haven't heard anyone, and listen, I was in transit today on the, on the airport. So it's not like I saw and read everything written and spoken about this deal. So maybe some people brought this up. Bill Belichick doesn't just demand, he like cherishes smart football players, guys who can do it all. People he's had a lot of respect for, game planning, seeing on crossfield. It's like, in two names come to my mind. Now, these didn't work, but like he signed John Lynch. He signed Reggie Wayne. He signed, and I'm sure there are countless other older players that are just viewed as these are their football IQ is like a hundred out of a hundred. And those two guys are good examples of like physically they were done, but he really, really values football IQ. Why? Because we've said it forever. When you go to Bill Belichick, their offense, defense, their, their schemes, what is 
uh, asked of you from a football playing standpoint, mentally, it doesn't get any harder. Like, you think he liked Juju Smith once and he saw him have success for Andy Reid? What's he saying immediately? This guy understands offense. This guy's a smart football player. And hell, he might have thought that when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He likes guys who are intelligent upstairs when it comes to football. And say this about Zeke, because he might not be able to run anymore. And Bill might find out in the next two weeks, his legs are gone and cuts them. As of recording this, I just have one figure. It says $6 million. Who knows how much they guaranteed him? Maybe guaranteed him five hundred grand. Maybe guaranteed him $5 million. We'll find out. My guess would be, wouldn't shock me if it's like under a million dollars. But maybe one to two million dollars in that range. But it would be enough where he's not guaranteed to make the team. Now, if it's four or five million, he'll probably make the team. But if he can't run, like Bill won't use him, right? But here's the thing Zeke does. At least he did when he was, you know, a really good player. He does it all. He can run inside. He can run outside. Well, in theory, now his speed, you're not going to run him outside. But he can pass protect and he can catch. Like go to his football reference every single year 55, 60, 48. Like, He's very versatile player. So Bill values versatility and football intelligence. Well, you can't do everything well like Zeke did if you're not a smart player. Well, who do you think Bill's called? Urban, Jason Garrett, like all these guys. And he knows, hell, I think I read a headline he called Stephen Jones. So he values that. Now, if you wanted to say he values that too much, and at this point in time, he needs to take some bigger swings, 100%. Ideally, you get smart football players who can play. I thought last year when I remember midseason when the 49ers traded a second, a third, and a fourth for Christian McCaffrey. I'm like, this is fucking nuts. I, I thought it was, I thought it was nuts. I, I thought it was a bad trade. I really did. You're like, you're trading for a $12 million running back. And then I saw Christian McCaffrey motivated. And then his football intelligence, like, this guy can do everything. There's like nothing he can't do. Now, I'm not comparing 2023 Christian McCaffrey to Zeke Elliott. But like the, this is what Bill looks for. I heard some of Collins' take this morning when I was uh, on a walk trying to get a sweat in and sweat out all the booze from the weekend. Is that Bill just does the same? He's just obsessed with value. Yeah, it's just he's not going to change. Like he's gonna the ship is gonna go down his way, right? He just will. Any one of us that knows an older successful guy, I don't care what he does for a living. He usually doesn't get more open minded and progressive. At like 72 years old. That's not the way it works. Maybe he's open-minded with some failures at 44 or 51 or 38. No chance post 70, especially when you've got that much money in the bank and that many accolades. Now you can say, well, John, shouldn't he look in the mirror a little bit at after the last two of the last three seasons? Well, yeah, in theory, yes. But we all know that old guy who can hit some hard times. He ain't budging. He ain't changing. He's, he was never going to get in a bidding war with DeAndre Hopkins or Dalvin Cook. It wasn't his fucking style. And honestly, I defend him on those two guys because it's like, is that really going to do it for you? Now, you could argue that he signed a shot player who somehow got 12 touchdowns last year, but, you know, getting a lot of carries, struggling to run for 1,000 yards a couple of the last three years. But he can catch the ball and he can block. And clearly, Bill values his intelligence so I, I don't think this is going to like impact a win or a loss through the season. I just don't think they're that talented. And to me, their downfall is not going to be Zeke running slow. So their quarterback's not good enough. It's just that simple. Their quarterback's not good enough. So when, when they go 7-10 and 10 or 8-9, and nine, it'll be all those games that Max screwed up on or couldn't match the other quarterbacks who are just much better than. Like, that's my take on the whole Patriot thing. Not stunned at all about Belichick a 70-year-old or 72-year-old worth, I mean, he might have $100 million in the bank. Like He's also spent on money, right? tax. I'm talking, it, it would not shock me if you told me Bill Belichick has $100 million in the bank. He's got six Super Bowls that he's won as a head coach. He's got two other ones that he's won as a defensive coordinator. His game plan against Bill Walsh and and the, the K-Gun Bill's uh, offense is in like the fucking Hall of Fame. You think like, it's like, yeah, just time to change now. His whole thing has always been changing schematically, but he values a certain thing in a player. It's why he'll draft lacrosse players or rugby players because he views them as smart, versatile. It's what he likes. He's he's going to go after Julian Edelman more often than he's going to go after some of these other guys. It's just that's just the type of player he likes. So and Zeke fits that mold because he can do a lot. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. You can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And last but not least, the rookies. I've said this over and over and over again. The only way you learn at anything, and this is what I was taught at Cal Poly, because the motto of, the, of my college was learn by doing. That's the only way I learned. You can put PowerPoints up. I'll tune you out after two minutes. You can have me read something and want me to regurgitate it or execute it. I'll struggle with that. I have to learn by getting my hands dirty. Whatever that is, whether it's messing with a computer, whether it's out doing something, I have to actually do it. I could watch golf videos on YouTube till the cows come home. But until I try it for myself on the driving range or the course, like it doesn't mean anything to me. And I, I, I'm a huge believer in just so many theories in this world. And you learn these in academia and hell, even in like business school, until you actually do something, you have no clue. And football is a game, a lot of practice and a lot of mental reps. And that is important. Like one thing I I was thinking the other day, it's like, I, I have not been reading enough. Like I, I need to give some gasoline to my mind. It feels like it's slowing down. It's like, God, I'm 38 in my prime. But I, I don't read enough. Too busy scrolling and gaining no knowledge beside little 120 uh, word clips on Twitter and pictures on Instagram. Like, what a waste of my time. Right. I do watch YouTube and listen to a lot of podcasts, but I just have not been reading enough. And it's just, listen, as someone who uh, has been known to talk some shit about academia, I will not dispute that reading is definitely gasoline for the mind. And I, I do think the only way to play at football, it's Trey Lance's downfall. He just never gets to play. And he never got, he's never going to get to play for the 49ers. So the only way he ever has a chance to improve is by playing in the games. I've said over and over, I would just have Trey Lance, now that it's clear Sam Darnold's going to be the two, and your question, like, is this guy even good enough to be the three? I would play Trey Lance the next two games every single start. Or, I mean, every single snap. All eight quarters or less left in this preseason, Trey Lance would be the, be the quarterback for every single play. And every time you draft a rookie, and he... Mahomes is, a, is, to me, a modern-day outlier. Uh, and part of it was you had Alex Smith and you had a playoff team. Most of these young quarterbacks are not coming to playoff teams. And some of them, like if I remember correctly, Deshaun Watson, definitely Lamar Jackson, did not start immediately. But 
you know, in theory, those teams thought they could be playoff teams without those guys. And clearly for Lamar, uh, the only reason the Ravens made the playoffs that year is because they inserted them. But when it comes to the three teams that drafted the quarterbacks this year, after at the Colts officially, I'm saying this because they named uh, AR, used to go by AR-13, but then he changed his name because, you know, gun stuff. But Anthony Richardson, the starting quarterback, uh, obviously Bryce is the starting quarterback. CJ Stroud hasn't officially been named, but clearly he's going to be the starting quarterback. Is for these guys to improve is to play. But the best thing all three of those teams have going for them, they don't have expectations. Like, it, it doesn't matter if you win five games. All that matters is getting that guy ready for the next couple years. Because the most valuable thing you have with a rookie con- uh, rookie quarterback is his contract, right? Is his contract. So if you if you redshirt him, right? Ultimately, with Mahomes, they paid him after two seasons, right? Because he did not play as a rookie. Now those two seasons uh, ultimately resulted in an MVP and a Super Bowl. So it was it was a unique start to a career. But they only got however many games out of those two years on that rookie contract, and then they extended them to a massive amount of money, which clearly has been well worth it, right? To me, all the rookie quarterbacks, anytime you draft a guy really high, he's got to play right away. I got to see what I got if, if I draft him really high. What's the point, right? What's the point? Say what you want about Mac Jones. Say what you want about uh, Justin Fields. We got a lot of question marks coming into the season. Those guys have gotten a lot of reps. So now both those guys kind of put up or shut up. Right, like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, just you ain't playing anymore. Zach, we've seen enough, and Trey, we just don't have time to figure you out. But getting the reps for these guys is so valuable. Who cares if they throw four picks in the game? It doesn't matter. It's a learning experience. The only way you learn in football and in life is by failure. And trust me, all three of these guys are going to fail a lot. Right, Anthony Richardson is going to be all over the map. C.J. Stroud, this offense is very complex. It is running the Shanahan offense, especially relative to what he was doing at Ohio State, which, let's face it, is relatively easy for quarterbacks. And Bryce, who I'm a huge fan of, just, I mean, based on one game, going to be running for his life. So, and it's not, he's not exactly Lamar Jackson. He's not the fastest cat. The reason he didn't run the 40, ain't that fast. He's a pocket quarterback. So, but let him get the reps. Let him learn how to avoid hits. Like, hey, Bryce, you can't play like you did in the SEC, which I have a lot of respect for. Bryce is a tough, tough little cookie, man. He is. I, I'll never forget that national championship game when he was getting peppered. But you can't play like that week in, week out in the NFL. You'll get your legs snapped. You'll get your ribs broken. You'll get a concussion. You will get snapped in half. And I don't care if you're as big as Anthony Richardson. You can't. You got to learn to get down. You got to learn to throw the ball away. But the you don't learn that in practice. Why? They can't hit you. They can't touch you. I've been going to these practices. They're kind of a joke, right? That's why, like, I don't ever want to hear another uh, pass breakdown from the 49ers on the Trey Lance court. Uh, his practices—they're they, completely irrelevant. It's not even—it's not even football, right? It's football for my guard and my defensive tackle going at it with the initial pop. But then, if the defensive tackle smokes the guard, the moment he gets within a couple feet of the quarterback, he stops. It's why so many of these plays at practice, like, yeah, it probably would have been a sack. And then he rolls out and makes some sweet play. And it happens to all the quarterbacks, but I'm just saying it's you get to the preseason. That's why I would not play my starters. People are getting hit. And those defensive players, even if they're backups, have not been able to actually hit anybody beside the guy right in front of them who they're not tackling. They're just trying to get around all training camp. So it, it's a very violent game. And the only way these guys learn is through the reps. And all of them, like I, I think all three of these teams are probably going to suck. I know Collins high. On the Panthers, I do I do think it's pretty difficult, even though they it looks like they got, you know, competent coach and got some good players, but losing losing what's his name, DJ Moore to the Bears with the trade, like I, I just I, I think six and is more realistic than nine and eight. I I really do. Now in a year, right, they could make if they get a high draft pick, draft another playmaker, get some better offensive linemen, use some salary cap space, we'll be in position. To me, the Colts, the Colts could easily have the worst record in the NFL. And in a couple of years, if this kid hits, we look back on that year, it's like that changed their fortune. Think about now Joe Burrow got hurt, but the best thing that ever happened to him was that year turned into a disaster. It led them to get Jamar Chase. I mean, what what if they would have, instead of getting Jamar Chase, they're drafting like 14 or 15. So sometimes when you have a rookie quarterback, having a shitty rookie year is not the end of the world because it allows you to reload with draft picks that following year, 
like you ain't win the Super Bowl. And you probably, even if all things go well, make the playoffs either. So being that like 13 to 15 spot as draft is kind of a waste. So I, I, I love all three of these teams, especially the Colts just naming it. Obviously, the Colts did as well. or I mean, the Panthers did as well. Clearly, Houston uh, will fall suit, I would imagine, sometime soon. D'Amico's a little old school. That's the only way for these guys to get better, man. And then when you look back, and there's no guarantee any of them are going to hit. There isn't. I mean, it's the NFL. We think guys can't miss, and then they suck. I thought Justin Fields, at minimum, would be like a really solid player. Who knows? Time, time will tell. Hope I'm right. Uh, I thought Trey Lance would be dramatically better than he was. Feel pretty good about my Mac Jones stance. But a lot of guys, like there is no such thing as a high floor. There just isn't. It gets thrown out a lot, but it doesn't exist. And clearly, like a guy like Richardson, there wasn't really no floor. It was just a high ceiling. Like you, you, you swing for the fences. Sometimes you miss. Right, Bryce Young, can his body hold up? He is small. C.J. Stroud, like there were some question marks before that Georgia game. Team's pretty bad. Who knows? But I, I, I love all these organizations just putting all their chips in the middle of the table early on. Just let's see where it goes. Let's do a little something we call the Middlecoff Mailbag. DMs wide open. Instagram at John Middlecoff. Fire in those DMs. I actually saw Zuckerberg's house. It is right next to where The Godfather was filmed in uh, the scene in Lake Tahoe where they have the party on the water and then ultimately where Michael kills Fredo in the lake. But uh, the house is just, we were jet skiing, had to fly by it and uh, always do if I'm on the lake. And Zuckerberg's got a big pad in there as well, probably trading to try to not get beat up by Elon in the the Coliseum. But sweet pad. If you're a billionaire, I'd want to live there too. I understand the Raiders want to win, and probably starting Jimmy G is the best option to do that. But with two stud quarterbacks coming into next year's draft, would it make sense to take a flyer on Aiden O'Connell to see if you can be if he can be your guy for the future and give him a year to start? I know Colin has said this is the perfect year to be bad, and I feel like getting seven to nine wins is worse than a top three pick. Aiden does well, you see. Aiden does well, you see hope. He stinks, you draft the future. Thoughts? Don't hate that at all. But when you give Jimmy Garoppolo how much money they gave Jimmy Garoppolo, he's starting, at least for a while. So it's hard to tell in the preseason. And, you know, I was driving down from Lake Tahoe back to the uh, Sacramento area to go to my mom's house. And we get the local Bay Area station that has Greg Papa, who is the Niners radio guy now, who is the Raiders voice forever. And one thing that they were talking about is... Listen, and I know this firsthand too. That game means a lot to Mark Davis to beat the 49ers, even if it's preseason. The stadium was sold out with 49er people. And I do believe, not that Mark Davis told Josh McDaniels, like, you got to win the game, but Greg basically said that the Niners people thought, like, they were 100% game planning. And I don't blame them because, like, that, that means a lot to the owner. You have a shitty season and they kick their ass. But uh, I, I, I do think Josh is going to try to win. I, I really do, at least early. Maybe if Mark tells him to tank come November, but I have a hard time seeing you have the top pick unless Jimmy gets hurt. But if Aiden O'Connell is just serviceable, uh, you know, I, I think he could win some games. So I, I, I don't see any chance unless Brian Hoyer's your starter for you to suck. I, I think you would be better with Aiden O'Connell. Who knows? I mean, Aiden O'Connell could be better in a couple of years than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for you to get one of those quarterbacks. Mailbag question. Who's your pick to surprise us at quarterback this year? There's always seems to be one big surprise. Geno hurts. I think Daniel Jones is going to be a lot better than you think. If Hyatt, the kid from Tennessee, is healthy and Darren Waller's healthy, I'm telling you, I I think he's going to have a much better season than everyone's trying to take a big dump on him. Can you explain why Kyle wouldn't play Trey as a gadget guy? Because we know what amazing things Kyle can do with great athletes. Also, Arizona, greater than California. I move too. Thanks. He's not athletic enough. <laughs> I mean, it's he's not part of like Taysom Hill. And we can argue till we're blue in the face how dumb that was a lot of the time. Because you had, you know, especially when Drew Brees was better than he was at the end. Taysom Hill is a big time athlete. I mean, big time athlete. He could really run. Trey doesn't run very fast. He, honestly, he's kind of slow. 
Like I, I think Sam Darnold is every bit as fast as him. So I, I think part of what makes the Trey thing kind of interesting is that he's not a great athlete. So it's hard to do random stuff with him like that. I, I get in theory why you think that, but it just doesn't really work. Listening to you talk about golf has got me and my buddies into playing. <clears throat> we have a lot of fun, but we freaking suck. Will it just take time to get better, or would lessons be worth it? I think before you get like true lessons and pay 100 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever, for a Michael Block type who lives in your area, I would say, do you suck at driving the ball and you suck at chipping? I would imagine those are two areas where you suck. Pick one of them, whether it be chipping around the green, like 50 yards and in, or just be driving and go to YouTube. How to improve with the driver. And maybe you're hitting a slice, maybe you're hitting a hook. So like type that in, like a search engine, but watch a YouTube video. Watch a couple of those and then try to implement that at the driving range. And maybe that will just help you get on the right path. So I would try to just improve. If you could just start hitting some fairways and just chip a little bit, your game will dramatically improve where you can kind of assess some shit. But I would say if you just started playing golf and you completely suck, which is very understandable, I, I would just try to make some progress on your own through YouTube. Like you get pros teaching videos at whatever you suck at and how you suck. So if you're hitting hooks with your driver, say how to not hook the ball with my driver and then go practice that and see if it can help you a little bit. Same with chipping. Those are two areas where it start. Okay. Do you think the drop in value of running backs has also led to the drop in value for inside linebackers growing up in the two thousands? I feel like the NFL was stacked with elite inside linebackers. Lewis, Ray Lewis, Erlacher, Zach Thomas, London Fletcher, Patrick Willis, Vilma, yeah, and so on. Now I feel like I can only name a few elite middle linebackers, and most teams treat the position like, would use a running back? Yeah, I think a lot of it is because you have these hybrid safety guys that undersized, that could not have played back in the Ray Lewis, Erlacher days, because teams were running it down your throat. But if you're not really nervous about the run, especially between the tackles, and a lot of stuff is in space, and you need the guy to be able to cover the running back in space, if you don't got Fred Warner or Roquan, you typically have like some hybrid-type player, which kind of works in the NFL now. So yeah, I, I think it's been the changing of the way the game is called on offense. Much more spread, much more shotgun, much more throwing the ball to the running back. Well, I don't need a between-the-tackles thumper at linebacker. Not that, you know, Ray Lewis or or Erlacher were. I mean, they could have played easily today. They would have been the best player in the league. But you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I, think, it, I think it comes back to college. Well, there are less development at linebacker because you're not playing between the tackles. It's really just kind of running around making open-field tackles, right? It's like, why do a lot of offensive linemen not know how to pass protect with guys under center? five, seven-step drops because everything they coach up in college spread offense in the shotgun. Not that you can't teach some of the go those guys that, but it all gets down. The talent comes up, right, in college football. Goes to the NFL. No different in schemes. What has been implemented in the NFL? A lot of spread offense concepts. Kaepernick, the zone read, the pistol, like that. It actually doesn't go the other way. I can't speak, like, it feels like in the NBA, the three-point shot, filtered down. Or in in football, a lot of offense filters up. I mean, people have been running spread offenses in high school football forever. When think about like if you're my age and you're mid-30s, when we were kids, everything was a tight end, a fullback, a running back, and two wide receivers. <laughs> Who the fuck does that way anymore? Kyle Shanahan, probably the only guy. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I had this thought early at work. With all the college kids getting caught for illegal gambling and gambling on their sport, why don't we do something more about this? I feel like as a not-so-regular gamble gambler, we shouldn't allow getting on college betting on college sports and make it illegal. These are 18 to 20-year-old kids playing, and most can't even bet on themselves. Yeah, you shouldn't bet on your own games because of fixing or ripped apart by grown-ass adults who couldn't make an uncontested three. But you can't get into bed with these companies and tell the kids no. Maybe it's just me not being able to bet uh, to get to the only casino in Wisconsin that allows sports betting who won't take any in-state bets very often, but I think the fix for this is to stop college gambling. It's not happening. Zero chance. The number one bet sport is the NFL. The number two bet sport in America is college. Like these companies want to, them to bet on college football. Like that's just, I want to bet on college football. It's pretty simple. You're just not allowed to bet, right? What's in the NFL? You can't bet on the NFL. You can't bet on college football. Now you could argue these guys in the pros are benefiting off that money. In college, I could be wrong, but like if you're a Wisconsin fan, is Wisconsin in bed with DraftKings and stuff? Because I don't think they are. Like I don't think anyone... Now, they indirectly benefit because they pay these networks who pay for the games. But the colleges directly, like the NFL, DraftKings, FanDuel, all these companies, ESPN Bet, it's all interwoven in the NFL. I don't feel like it's the same way with college. The other thing in college, like you can make money now. It's Is it totally fair? No, but I'll promise you this. Under no circumstances are any of these casinos allowing that to happen. And listen, I maybe I'm a hypocrite or whatever, but I, I don't think it needs to happen. A lot of it was these Iowa and Iowa State guys. Listen, people have always bet on themselves. Just now you're going to get caught because of the internet and they can track you. These kids aren't alone. This, used, this has been happening forever. Pete Rose wasn't alone. The Black Sox weren't alone. I, I, it might have happened all the time, especially with less money. And it's definitely happened in college forever. If you watch the one untold on... Uh, on Netflix about the dude from Arizona State in like, I think the early mid nineties, he was like a scorer betting nonstop. You mentioned the NFL would like a new ownership for its desert teams. As a fan of both the Cardinals and the Raiders, I'm wondering if you could foresee the possibility of an ownership group approaching Davis or Bidwell making an offer too good for either owner to refuse. The most powerful thing about owning any profitable business is your whole life is a tax break. So even if you think about this, if you have a a business especially as profitable as the Cardinals or the Raiders, it makes no sense, unless the guy offered you $20 billion, even if the guy offered Mark Davis $10 billion for the Raiders, his life is way easier to operate. One, he stays in the public eye. He stays famous. He gets to maintain being run an NFL team. And two, his whole life is financed through that team. And he profits from the business. 
The moment I give you $10 billion, I got to pay taxes on that money, right? So it's it's actually more profitable to keep the team. Think of all these guys selling teams. The last couple guys, the Panthers and the... Uh, who just recently sold? The Panthers? Who's the other? Oh, the, and Washington. Neither guy wanted to sell. They got forced out. You don't sell profitable businesses, especially one like the NFL where you make money. I, I get sometimes older people if it's if it's really labor intensive. But if a business, I don't care what industry you're in, it could be car dealerships, it could be restaurants, it could be the NFL. If that thing is making coin and you don't have to do much, you know, especially in a public business like the NFL, you don't sell. So no, I, I don't. I don't think it's possible. Mark Davis has said, I, I don't. I've I've never really seen Bidwell's comments, but Mark Davis has been adamant. He's never selling. So yeah, I mean, I I would one hundred percent would not sell. You are richer owning the team in more ways than one. If the Jets had drafted Justin Fields, do you think the Rodgers, do you think that Aaron Rodgers would have ended up a Jet? It's a hell of a question. It's a hell of a question. I I don't know. Because last year, even if he was running around like he was running, now clearly he was, would they have won more games with him playing like that? Do they get to nine wins? Do they go after Rodgers? Yeah, probably not. Let's just assume if Justin Fields had been on the Jets last year, they win nine games. Now, that wouldn't have got you in the playoffs in the AFC, but there would have been so much positive momentum, and he's way cheaper. And if they would have drafted him, meant they liked him? Probably not. The, the A huge reason is the Jets went all in on Rodgers, right? I mean, they hire Nick Hackett. Clearly, they need a quarterback because their other guy like is getting benched all season long on and off. So I, I I could be wrong because you never know. Maybe, you know, if they, if I assume that they win, if they go above 500, even if they miss the playoffs, I don't think they get Rodgers. If they go 7-10 and 10 and the question marks with his passing, I, maybe there's still a chance. Love the pod. You can relate to me, the audience, the player's point of view and the business side while maintaining a neutral stance. Appreciate that. My question is about sports ownership. With the sale of teams now being a group purchases, even the Broncos sold to the heirs, not just one individual. Do you think the group, that's not quite how it happened. Uh, oh, oh, sold to the heir. Oh, I, I got you. I got you. Do you think the group owners, both present and future, will have the same go for it mentality as, say, Jerry Jones or Cronky? They can take a phone call on a tarmac for Matt Stafford trades, whereas my guest is folks like Greg Penner and Josh Harris might have to do a hybrid Green Bay where they discuss with other stakeholders. Well, let me just go to Penner. Penner is the nephew of the Walmart guy. So the Walmart guy basically is so rich that he probably doesn't want to deal with the day-to-day bullshit. But clearly, they got an open checkbook, closing deals, doing whatever they need to do. So I would imagine Penner, anyone who's ever been a power around a powerful family, there are people that have... that. Some other people, beside the head honcho, are trusted to make major decisions. So I think Penner is a bad example because I think Penner, with the blessing of like the family, is allowed to pull the trigger. He doesn't have to like constantly answer to Logan Roy. That would be my guess. Now, obviously, like to trade Russell Wilson or whatever, they're going to get the dad. So yeah, I guess maybe back to your point. But why would you even call Greg Penner then? You, you know, if you have to do something for Sean Payton. You just call the top. Whoever's the highest guy on the food chain, there's only one decision maker in an NFL team. There's never a group, right? So Josh Harris, I could be wrong. I haven't read, like once he bought the team, I, I didn't read that many articles about the hierarchy of the way it's built, but isn't he the top guy in the food chain? Like there can be minority owners. Only one guy in the NFL gets to make the decision. Jeffrey Lurie with the Eagles have, has minority owners. Mark Davis has minority owners. They have zero say. 100%. They profit and they get suites at games and they can travel with the team and go in the draft room. They have no say on whether the coach is fired or not. Hell, Dan Snyder had minority owners. Remember, they were always bitching him owner. He could do whatever he wanted. Why? So, Greg Penner is more unique than Harris because Harris is technically the owner. Penner is like the CEO, but he's the family. 
But if you if he didn't have decision making power, here's a good business lesson to any young person listening to this: find the people that make the decisions. And if you can't find the person to get to make decisions, find the person that has the gatekeeper to get the decision maker. So there's always one decision maker. So instead of if Greg Penner's not, you would just call the other guy on the tarmac. Now it's much easier when it's Jerry Jones, Stan Kroenke, right? Jimmy Haslam. It's very clear, cut and dry. John Mara, Jeffrey Lurie, Bob Kraft. Like, can Jonathan Kraft make a decision? Or does does he got to go through Bob? Honestly, it just the NFL is way bigger and there's way more money, but don't a lot of businesses kind of operate like that? Like there are several guys, but only one guy can really pull the trigger on a massive move. The the NFL likes individuals to be at the high uh at the top of the hierarchy. Because like when they have league meetings, they don't want every team's not represented by 10 guys in the meeting. I'm a Bears fan living in Green Bay. So I'm always tuned into both teams almost equally. And after watching the Packers preseason game with Jordan Love, the game plan was essentially identical to what the Bears did with Trubisky. Bootleg after bootleg because they knew he couldn't play. The Packers left let Clifford throw the ball downfield and open it up the playbook more than him. Not being a hater because our quarterback still has some major question marks, but based on what I've seen and other Packer fans' reaction, I think Love is closer to Trubisky than being a third straight franchise quarterback. The chances, honestly, that Jordan Love, even I, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't watched, I saw a couple highlights, have not watched the Packers preseason game. But I said this the moment they traded Aaron Rodgers. It was over. The, the, you, you could be playing in football heaven right now with Bill Walsh as your offensive coordinator and Bill Parcells as your defensive coordinator. And one of the Roonies is your owner. You ain't going back to back to back, Favre, Rogers, whoever. I said it before, to go from Montana to Young to Jeff Garcia is fucking outrageous. I mean, Garcia went to several Pro Bowls. That was an incredible transition. To think like this guy, if he ever, if this guy just became like Jimmy Garoppolo, that would be a home run. It's why Belichick would have got a lot of credit if he would have transitioned from just Brady to Garoppolo. But obviously, Jimmy was gone and they were screwed. But the chances that this guy is good, the league would tell you over and over he's not. Right? Just the history of quarterbacks. Especially guys, you know, drafted in the 20s. Most of them, I bet the hit percentage on a guy drafted, I think he would have picked 27. The offense, though, I will say this. Here's the thing. Like Trey Lance the other day in the, in the preseason game. The only reason he started completing a couple passes is because they started doing the bootleg plays. Well, that's a huge part of the Packers offense. Right? Those naked bootlegs that are just a one read, dump it off to the guy. <clears throat> that is the offense, honestly. <laughs> so I if he can do that, I've said over and over, if he can just function, Trubisky's ultimate downfall was bad instincts and no touch. So if Love has bad instincts and touch is a question, then maybe you're right. He's just going to be a bad player. Because you can't run the bootlegs all game long. But Love, like Trubisky, pretty powerful arm, but if he doesn't know where it's going, who cares? I've said this over and over. Definitely said it the last couple of days. The moment he signed that contract, after I thought about it for a while, no quarterback, if they think they have a chance to be decent, decent, signs a, a two-year contract for $11 million. No fucking chance. Look at Daniel Jones. Played out the season. Got $80 million. Jimmy Garoppolo hurt year after year after year after year. Got three or $70 million and like 30 plus guaranteed. You just, if you're just functional quarterback, you can get some money. Especially if you're young and they drafted you. I, th I think that told a lot. I think the agent, him, and the team all kind of knew. This is probably not going to work. Not a Rams fan, but I don't hear much talk about Stetson Bennett taking over for Stafford after his time in LA is over. Do you think he could be the future longtime quarterback for the Rams, or do you think the Rams should look to draft a quarterback in 2024? Well, if Stafford gets injured, I think they would lose a ton of games with Stetson Bennett. And I'm not trying to be some Stetson Bennett hater, though. Not the biggest fan uh, of the guy. You know, he just seems a little too angry for me. It's just something about him. I don't know. I could be wrong, um, but I'm just, I'm not a huge fan. I think they would suck. I've said over and over that if they get a couple injuries, they got number one pick written all over. They could be terrible. And then I don't care 
what Stetson Bennett did, um, they would draft one of those quarterbacks. And I, I think they will be in the mix when all said and done. Not sure if you were able to watch the Packers-Bengals game, but watching their fifth-round pick, Sean Clifford, I think he had a good showing. But I think it was good enough that if Love starts struggling, fans and some media are going to start calling for him to get the job as the starter. Am I just seeing something that isn't there or better than we thought? I was sitting at my mom's house. What day would this have been? Monday afternoon, Monday night. And the game was on replay. And Clifford was in the game. And I had listened to Lombardi's pod on the drive down from Tahoe. And he had been talking about, even though he threw a couple picks, and the one pick I saw got tipped, he was very impressed. And clearly there have been a lot of reports at a Packers fan- at camp that Clifford, who... I think most anyone that falls the Big Ten or Penn State was like, God, that guy sucks. Maybe it's Penn State. Clearly, they like him a lot. And once you're liked by these coaches in the Shanahan offense, they will find ways to get you in the mix. Because in their mind, they can scheme you up easy plays. And then if you have some instincts, you have to have instincts to play quarterback. So if Jordan Love, and when I mean instincts, I mean I said this yesterday with Trey Lance. Like He just doesn't feel like a quarterback when you watch him, watch him play. There's like a tension to his body. I don't see the calmness. There's just a calmness to a guy's feet. I, watching O'Connell, the Purdue quarterback for the Raiders, he, just, he looked like a quarterback. And then there was a touch. There was a rhythm when he went through his progressions. And clearly Clifford, they feel like he has that. I saw it last year with Purdy. That these guys... Now, Purdy, they, they didn't like... The only reason he played is because of injuries. And like you said, the love situation, if love was shitty, they I could see them going to the bullpen because they, like love, they drafted this kid as well. And clearly he's having a really good camp and they got some talent around him that maybe they view him as like their Kirk Cousins. That's not the way all these guys think. You know, all these guys have been around Matt Ryan, resurrecting an MVP, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. Like they, they've all seen this shit. So that they are, Andy Reid was around Favre in his prime. And Andy likes to throw bombs. Like, that's what he wants. What he kind of yearns for, right? Sean McDermott. Why did he go after Josh Allen? He was there for a long time in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb, this freak athlete who wasn't always the biggest, most accurate quarterback, but was really good. He was like, let's swing for the fences. W- when you're in the initial state of your football life, whether it's a coach or a GM, that shapes the way you view football. Now, we all view in any industry as we grow old, we all have our own preferences and our own thoughts, and they may change and grow. But we all, most human beings, right? Like I'm seeing my little brother raise a child right now. He's three and a half years old. He's a wild child. But there's just basic things that you teach him, right? Shake people's hand, look people in the eye, say, I'm sorry, right? Clean up your messes. Uh, Don't cry for no reason. Smile, be a good kid, be nice to other people, share, right? And and those things hopefully stick and they build the base of you as a human being as time goes on. It's no different as football, right? I was around Pat Hill and Andy Reid. Like, I like taking some huge flyers on guys. (laughs) They did it at Fresno State, definitely did in Philly. I like high-end talent. It might have some issues. Doesn't bother me as much, especially if I get a good coach. The Shanahan crew all has this like, They've seen it with guys that aren't that talented. At least the rest of the league, like Kirk Cousins. Are you kidding me? You wait. Matt Ryan's going to turn into fucking some star. Dominated the league. Jared Goff. Remember Jared Goff's rookie year? He was a laughing stock. I mean, an absolute laughing stock. Well, who'd Sean McVay bring with him? Lafleur was his quarterback coach. I mean, that's that's who he brought with him to uh, to the Rams. You saw it firsthand. A guy like Jared Goff. So they view these Sean Clifford's, these Brock Purdy's. Greg Popple was saying that the Shanahan and Greasy liked uh, O'Connell. Obviously, Josh McDaniels does too. What is Josh McDaniels like? Hoyer, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones. Some of these, like not every coach views players the same. It's like not every scout views players the same. So yeah, it's a long-winded way of saying it. I would imagine LaFleur liked fucking Sean Clifford in college. Definitely likes him more now. So they, they are not financially tied at all to Jordan Love. We've been talking about this with Trey Lance. It's a put-up-or-shut-up league. And especially when you don't, like Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and CJ, like they got long contracts. They got a couple years to just see if you can play. You know, whatever, with 35, 40, 50 starts, right? 
But if it can't, like they'll eventually be moved on. Jordan's already going into what? You're four? Sean Clifford, the most powerful thing would be if he's actually solid, if he could just be like, what if he's just Jimmy Garoppolo in a couple years or Kirk Cousins? Shit, he's on a cheap contract. What is he, a fifth round pick? Be the like uh pick of the draft if he becomes your starter. So yeah, I, I think a lot of these random quarterbacks, bullpen, baby. Bullpen. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Brock Purdy. This league is going 95 miles an hour now. The day and age of like, just give this guy like four years, see what he got. Too much money's on the line. Too much. The, all these owners have cash. None of them feel obligated anymore to like, well, we got to see how this goes. That's why we get all these one and done coaches. They have an unlimited amount of money. This guy's fucking vacation on yachts. Just run, just wondering why the commander's offense is being so underrated this offseason. I feel like the enemy, tough coaching, will make Howell have a sophomore jump. Well, he's never really played, so it'd just be, you know, his first year playing, especially with great wide receiver room. Colin undervalues them consistently, drives them nuts, drives me nuts. We talked about this the other day. Is the moment that the Ron Rivera stuff, it's gotten weird early. I said the commanders had a chance to be a shock team just because they had some talent. Maybe the Giants come back to earth. And then I see Darren Waller's healthy, the Tennessee rookie. Like Saquon's in camp, got a good mindset. And you guys, your head coach and your offensive coordinator are having to like apologize to each other. I don't know, man. I, I just too much smoke to not be a little fire in there. I'm just against you. I, you. All you guys know is dysfunction. It's very hard to overcome dysfunction. And if they are, I'll tip my hat and it'd be an incredible accomplishment. But the, the enemy thing is got off to a weird start. Okay, last question. You mentioned you would give the tiebreaker to Darnold over Lance if they are tied for the backup spot. This is this is before the preseason game, this question. I understand Darnold has the real game experience, but on the other hand, Lance still has more room to improve where Darnold is likely more maxed out. Wouldn't you want to go with upside? The 49ers think Darnold has a lot of upside. He's 25 years old. They think, I don't know what currently they think after that performance of Trey Lance, they don't have time to figure it out. Like they know Sam Darnold can just do some stuff. There's a chance Trey can't do any of it. And I'd argue, I don't think he's going to be able to. They are trying, they, they are not the Colts and just cool with winning four games and being a disaster. They're trying to be the number one seed trying to compete with the Eagles and the Cowboys to win the NFC. Their goals are in a different world than all these other teams. The only place Trey Lance makes sense is on a team that does not give a shit. You know the problem? Name me a team Trey Lance would start on right now. There just is not a team in the NFL he would start on. I guess maybe the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but is he better than Colt McCoy? Probably not. But like, would they just start him? But what's the point of them having him when Kyler's coming back? Maybe Atlanta. I'm not a huge Desmond Ritter fan, but like just go around the league. Saints, Colts. You just you just start firing around Houston. There's no spots. Commanders, maybe, but like they're trying to win. Are they messing with him? So yeah, I just shitty variables that haven't gone his way. Bad luck. You mentioned that tight ends bring great value for their price, especially Kelsey Kittle and Andrews. I agree with you. With the market paying what players are worth, shouldn't we see elite tight ends paid up near wide receiver numbers? Is it just that no elite tight end has hit the market in free agency? If Mark Andrews hit free agency, do you think he would get $20 million? If Kelsey Kittle, Mark Andrews, Waller off a good season, hit free agency, they would get a massive amount of money. The problem is, a lot of those guys you listed, right? Kittle was a fifth-round pick. Andrews... Definitely wasn't a first because they drafted Hayden Hurst. What, what round? Was he third round, fourth round? Kelsey, obviously, third round. So these teams come to you after you become a really good player, and they offer you an extension, which is worth so much money relative to what you've been making. It's hard to not put pen to paper. When someone looks at you and like, you've been making 900 grand, you know, and you've made two and a half million dollars in your NFL career, and they say, here's a contract that guarantees you 35 million. You know, we love you. The, the overall values were 68 or 75. You're going to see every penny. Like Kittle did not, his contract was like five years, 75 million. I don't know what was guaranteed, like 30. He's going to see every penny of it. How does he not sign the contract? 
And guess what? They do all the time. So those guys, it's impossible for them ever to get there. And then the guys that do are always really flawed players, like a Gasecki or whatever. But yeah, if the high-end guys could ever hit it, that they would get it. But it just they're never going to hit it because a lot of the high-end guys, at least recently, have been non-first-round picks. And you you offer them amount of money that just is impossible. It's impossible for them to not sign. I remember living in Philadelphia, and Cole Hamels was about to be going into his free agent year, and the Phillies obviously wanted to sign him before he hit his free agent year. It's like, could he make like 150 million dollars? It's like it. it I think he ended up signing for 120 million dollars. I remember a guy on the radio was like, "Name me a human being that when you and this was you know whatever 12 years ago." When you slide the paper over and it says $120 million guaranteed, and here's the pen, you say, no, I'll, I'll play this thing out. It's usually not how it works. It's it's actually never how it works. So when you hit a certain price point, I don't care what player you are, unless Scott Boris is your client and you know, you're know Bryce Harper and you play it out, most people sign the contract. Most people sign the contract. Baseball's pretty unique, right? Like Otani right now, there's probably no amount of money that the Angels could throw over to him that he'd sign. But football and in basketball, like when you offer the now basketball has those max extensions that are set, right? I don't think James Harden's never had an agent because he doesn't need one. Just now he does. <laughs> now it's getting ugly. Uh, but I'm not going to waste a breath on James Harden. Okay. Adios. Godspeed. And uh, talk to everyone soon. We'll have another podcast out tomorrow. See you. <laughs>